In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A little confession I need to make to you today. I love celebrating the birth of Christ, but the rest of commercial Christmas you can have. And I'm just kind of saying to myself, I'm glad it's over. Which doesn't sound very good, but my hunch is that it was the same thing that Mary and Joseph were saying after Christmas. I'm glad it's over, and now we can go back to normal. But they weren't going to go back to normal. Because the angel of the Lord came to Joseph in a dream, remember I told you this stuff was coming, in a dream, and said, flee to Egypt, because Herod wants to destroy the Christ child. So Joseph did. He got up, took off in the middle of the night, and left for Egypt. Now, Joseph was a devout man, which means he understood Judaism and knew the history. And surely, Joseph must have said to himself, this is weirdly paralleling something that happened to the Israelites in Egypt hundreds of years before. Remember Moses? Pharaoh was going to kill all the babies, and Moses had to be put in the basket and the bulrushes in the river, and then taking care of Pharaoh's daughter, and his own mother took care of him as the wet nurse and so forth. And they were trapped in Egypt and enslaved for 400 years. Now Joseph is told, yeah, go to Egypt. There's a good spot for Israelites. Go to Egypt. And he had to be thinking, this better be the angel of the Lord, because this doesn't sound very good otherwise. But he did that. He went down there. And not much had gone right for the Holy Family. You know, there was the pregnancy before the marriage thing. They got through that. Then there was Mary, nine months pregnant and having to travel to Bethlehem for the silly Roman enrollment in tax. And there were, you know, the barn, baby wrapped in rags and put in a feed bunk, no relatives to help out. The only visitors were shepherds and then the three wise men. Now, the wise men brought expensive, albeit inappropriate, gifts for the baby, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But remember, they were coming to visit a king, and gold, frankincense, and myrrh are appropriate gifts for a king. You know, probably pampers and a teething ring would have sounded better to Mary at that point, but that's not what they brought. They were coming to worship a king. So they left with that and went to Egypt. And I've been thinking about this, and my hunch is that Joseph cashed in the gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and that's what he lived on when they were in Egypt, because he didn't have a job, he didn't have any relatives. How else would he have made it? So that turned out to be pretty handy, I think. So he was there. Then the angel of the Lord came to him in a dream again and said, you can go back to Israel. But then the angel of the Lord came to him in a dream and said, but don't go back where you were, go up to Galilee. And so they went to Nazareth. Because Herod wasn't fooling around. Herod was insanely, literally insanely jealous of anybody who might usurp his throne. Herod liked being the puppet king of Rome. He really enjoyed that. And secular history tells us that he had already killed three of his own sons and an uncle who seemed a little ambitious to him. When the Sanhedrin the ruling body of Judaism, all the men that made up that Sanhedrin, when they disagreed with Herod, he killed them all. So he was not a guy to be toyed with. He then killed all of the babies from two years old on down in and around Bethlehem, which, although Bethlehem wasn't a, a huge city, 
it would have been probably at least two, three dozen babies that he killed, infanticide by Herod. So when we hear the song, and it's a good, it's a good tune, O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. After Easter, it, or after Christmas rather, it didn't really turn out to be that way. With Herod's infanticide, I've got a better verse for Bethlehem. Here it comes. O little town of Bethlehem, your stillness is a lie. Amid the murder and mayhem, the wailing mothers cry. Old Herod wants no rivals, so none his throne can take. He'll kill his own sons and kill yours. Nobody gets a break. That would be more accurate for what was going on in Bethlehem. And Herod joins a long line of tyrants and despots and wackos from Genghis Khan to Adolf Hitler to Joseph Stalin to Mao Zedong to Saddam Hussein, Pol Pot. He just joins the rest of the despots and tyrants who don't mind a little mass murder to advance their agenda. So after Christmas, the season takes a decided downturn. And if we thought that the forces of evil were going to pack up and go home just because the Savior came to earth, we'd need to think again. They just redoubled their efforts. As Martin Luther said, the devil, the world, and our own sinful flesh redoubled their efforts and are still there. Our own sinful flesh, we can see that part pretty easily. All of the New Age crap that there is out there about how people are getting better and better and human beings are evolving into better, ah, pfft. That flies in the face of Bethlehem. Only a century that could have had the Holocaust and Hiroshima could so blithely lie about the progress that human beings are making. Mary and Joseph didn't go back, couldn't go back to normal. They had what is known now as a new normal. Do you remember when the uh, Oklahoma City bombings took place a number of years ago? And then one of the writers said, this is now our new normal. And I remember feeling that, that the safety and the security in the United States was really gone. And Deborah and I were sitting in a Chinese restaurant a few years back, and I looked over, I, don't know, I was thinking about this, I looked over at her and I said, you know, at any moment, an automatic wielding wacko could walk in here and iron us all out. That's our new normal. And that's what we live with. But it's not just terrorism. There's the new normal. But there's also the old normal that we have to deal with. There's getting older and having aging parents and grandchildren and children run wild and financial woes and job problems and relationships that are broken and distant. All of the old normal is still there too. But I tell you this, even though that's true, the coming of the Christ child means that no tyrant, not Herod, not any of the rest of them, no tyrant is going to be able to thwart the plan of God 
all of the canons of this world have fired away, and the Christian church is still standing, the church of Jesus Christ. And it will, because God has sent Emmanuel, that translates to God is with us. And no matter what, if our new normal or our old normal added to our new normal, none of that is going to be able to stop God's plan. There is nowhere, whatever you go, whatever you, wherever you are, whatever you do, you are never off God's map. So we come today with our grief in one hand and our gratitude in the other. And we await the gift of the Christ child who came once, who comes to us now every day, and who will come again because God is with us. Amen. Now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. The hymn board and your bulletin is wrong. The next song is in the With One Voice, and it's number 646, We Three Kings of Orient Are. It's 646 in the With One Voice.
I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Gathered with all who seek the Christ child, let us pray for the church, the world, and all who are in need. Praise is on our lips and in our hearts, Holy One for the gracious deeds and acts that you have bestowed upon your church. Give to your whole church open hearts that we might work together to share your good news in Christ Jesus. Hear us, O God. Praise to you, creator of all, for you have created a rich diversity of nature and creatures, sun, moon, stars, mountains, and all hills, oceans, and rivers. Sustain all that you have made and keep us faithful in our care for creation. Hear us, O God. We bless you, ruler of all, for the communities and nations of which we are a part. Gather into your arms the many people of the world and grant humility to all leaders so that all may find blessing and peace. Hear us, O God. 